0: This is the Robert McKenzie Show, coming to you live from the Gare du Nord in Paris, France.
1: Écoutez une radio que vous n'avez jamais entendue auparavant sur onde longue, onde moyenne et onde courte. Digital Radio Mondial est un nouveau système de radiodiffusion avec une excellente qualité d'écoute et une haute définition audio. Et les stations radio du monde entier l'utilisent actuellement.
2: April in Paris. Chestnuts in blossom. Holiday Tables Under the Trees April in Paris This is Londres. Please listen maintenant some personal messages. Personnels. L'éléphant s'est cassé une défense. Nous répétons, l'éléphant s'est cassé une défense.
0: Les sanglots longs des violons de l'automne percent mon cœur d'une langueur monotone. Clémentine peut
1: se curer les dents.
0: That song, didn't you? We, we, monsieur. This is K.R.O.B. Galveston. So I take the Eurostar from Victoria Station in London in the morning under the English Channel through the Channel, up and out through the countryside and into Gare du Nord, March 19, 2003, the day the Iraq War started. What a coincidence. I was there to visit with the oil company Total, not the cereal company Total. So I get in my cab at the Gare du Nord, a guy has a Citroën and he starts mumbling in Arabic or something, might've been Mandarin Chinese for all I remember, but he asks where I'm going and I tell him the Marriott on the Champs Elysees. So that didn't seem to be a problem with him. So he starts heading into the middle of town and I had been to Paris a couple of times so I kinda knew the way, seemed like he knew what he was doing. And then all of a sudden... up to the right and there's the American Embassy. We're at about the Place de la Concorde in the center of town almost there to the hotel and there's these tanks and troop carriers and loud sirens and police racing around everywhere. It looks like the American Embassy is surrounded and there's protesters. I think they had missile launchers too. They looked like they were ready for anything. So The guy turns to me and says, Brooklyn Americans, Bush. And I said, what? He goes, the war has started. I thought, okay, let me out. We're in a traffic jam. I didn't have time for this. i was just like a block away. So that was kind of a strange entrance to Paris once. And along the way, they already had out these extra news releases of newspapers that showed American troops. Of course, it was in French, the headlines and everything, but I could figure it out that the war in Iraq had started. Next up that day, I decided to head to the Arc de Triomphe. Right there, the famous arch you see with the big roundabout with 9,000 cars always circling around. Well, I had seen it on television obviously a lot of times, and thought, oh, I gotta get over there. That's where they got their tomb of the unknown soldier, all these uh, giant statue carvings into the uh, ark itself. And so I get over there and these cars are swirling around and around. I'm thinking, how do I get over there? How do these people get over there? So after about five minutes of trying to dodge and dart cars, I didn't even make it to the first lane some man pulled me back onto the sidewalk and just pointed over to an area. And I thought, oh, what's this? And so he says, follow me. I go over there and there's an underground (laughs) stairway to the Arc de Triomphe. So that's what I had to do. It's kind of like going under the channel. But anyway, what an idiot I was. But when I got under it, it was pretty cool. And the wind started to blow. And I thought it might snow. And then it began to rain. And then by the time I left, after looking at everything, it started to sunshine again. I decided to go over to the Père Lachaise Cemetery to find the grave of Jim Morrison. I'm a big Doors fan, so I thought, hey, here's my chance to see where Jim Morrison is buried. So you go over there, and you get kind of a guide piece of thing when you at the hotel, but, uh Oscar Wilde, Sarah Bernhardt, Edith Piaf. The heart of Puccini is buried there. And in the Jim Morrison, they've got uh, a lot of different trash and bottles, graffiti. But they say they're always working to clean it up. But it was cool to see uh, where Jim Morrison is
1: buried. Aloha. Welcome to the NH6XO repeater system located near Diamond Head in Honolulu on the island of Oahu.
0: I went to the Folie bergere and when I was about to be seated at my table United States Code Redaction XP386PLZ1 is in effect because of national security concerns Foley-Bergere incidents, episodes recollections and reminiscences are not available for this show We regret any inconvenience this may have caused. However, in the abiding spirit of Franco-American relations, here is a short snippet of a song recorded at the club.
2: Ils ne savent pas pourquoi. Ils rougissent, se disent, se demandent pourquoi.
0: And now here's a word from the fine folks at Fresh Ink Group Publishing.
1: A grand epic saga by Robert McKenzie. The chair spans centuries, touching the lives of 22 related mothers and daughters, their stories witnessed by a simple pine chair. Resolute, strong, loving, and fiercely protective, these women must strive to pass their values to new generations in a world of racism and sexism, politics, scandal, fashion, even the rise and dominance of baseball. They live in privilege and poverty, with faith and despair, relishing every moment of love even as they suffer abiding grief. Volume 1, Lightning, Thunder and Glory, spans the 1600s through World War I, while Volume 2, Faith, Hope and Love, follows these women's descendants into modern times and beyond. An authentic and uniquely American novel. The Chair conjures the very hallmarks of history, yet navigates the simple intimacy of everyday lives to reveal who and why we are. Proudly published by Fresh Inc Group, The Chair Volumes 1 and 2 are available worldwide in jacketed keepsake hardcover edition, handy softcover, and all major ebook formats from Kindle to Nook, Kobo, Google Play, iTunes, and more. Everybody sits, so find your own seat discover The Chair.
0: I heard The Chair is really good. But have you read it? No, but I'm gonna order the two-volume set this afternoon. The Chair, Volume 1, Lightning, Thunder, and Glory, and Volume 2, Faith, Hope, and Love, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Waterstones, or wherever fine books are sold. Get your two-volume set today. One of the principal characters of The Chair gets entangled with Jim Morrison, in Paris, this is the end. It's time now for a little tenderness.
2: detest cheap sentiment.
0: Everybody's freaking, man. Got a case of dynamite I could hold out here all night. Well, I shot my old man back in Oregon. Don't take me alive. Yeah, I always wanted to be a singer. From the mind of Minolta. I see we have a caller from India. Hello, Robert. It's Madik calling from Mumbai on my mobile. I have a question for you that has always puzzled me. Why do certain areas of the country, or of the globe, I should say, have different times in their time zones? For example, some used uh, 30 minutes after the hour, whereas everyone else is on the hour. Can you explain this mystery to me? Thank you. I enjoy your podcast. The major example of this is why India is on the half hour. First, because China, the most populous country in the world, has one time zone. And also, so does Pakistan. So since India is between Pakistan and China, they decided to be different. Probably a good idea, so there's no confusion, and went with the time at the half hour. So that's why India is always on the half hour. What has always puzzled me though, is within India, what I don't understand, Madik, is why West Bengal is in Eastern India. Maybe you can call in next week and tell me. Thank you for calling. Ask yourself this question, who played Bobby Knight better, Brian Dennehy or Bobby Knight? Here's a little French battlefield ambiance from World War I for your listening entertainment. I was always intrigued by Joan of Arc and where all she went in France and the fields and the villages and destroying the enemy and all of that mystical, magical, sacred stuff. Robert. Time to take a call. Robert This is Jasper Jones of Laramie, Wyoming. What are some of the greatest cities you have been to? Jasper, that's an excellent question. I'll just go left to right. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Houston, Dallas, Chicago, Miami, New York City, Boston, London, Paris, Berlin. Does that help? So do you have any other cities that are special to you? I would have to say Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Honolulu. I guess it's a matter of what you're doing and who you're with. Ain't that the truth? Any other cities? Well, I never had a bad time in Baltimore, Philadelphia, or Las Vegas. Stop! Cut, cut, cut! Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to put that in there, are we? Yeah, somebody it's really good. They're going to love it. People are going to love that. I don't know. Yeah, 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 for sure, they're going to love it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, wait and see. Residents of Paraguay, South Africa, Tanzania, Egypt, and Belgium will be unable to listen to the previous segment. The previous segment has been edited for content per the FCC laws regarding international broadcasting At the tone, the time will be 1,800 Zulu. Touch, tone, hum. I'm on a Mexican radio. Now a word from one of our sponsors, Lone Star Beer. I was thrown out of the jazz club at the top of the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco because I was screaming at Bobby Short, who at that time was famous for the commercial on television, Charlie, the fragrance that is Wow! and Now! starring Shelly Hack. Charlie! Charlie! I kept screaming that at him. Charlie! Charlie! I was told by the two bouncers escorting me out of the club that, quote, Mr. Short does not perform Charlie, unquote.
2: I don't think that's funny.
0: I was only 21, Betty.
2: When I was 21. It was a very good year It was a very good year for city girls Who lived up the stair With all that perfumed hair And it came undone when I was twenty-one.
0: You are looking live from atop the Eiffel Tower in Paris, France where I can see for miles and miles and
2: miles. Crucify him.
0: It's time once again for Mackenzie at the Movies.
2: I'd like to kiss you, but I just washed my hair.
0: Ever kill anyone? Because I bet you could tease a man to death without half trying. So stop trying. Here's a call from Bill Monbouquet in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. You're on the air. Go what are your top five Gary Oldman performances? If you could just give us a short critique of each performance and kind of rank them in order. Thanks. Well, there's a great question. Gary Oldman, great actor has done a lot of different things. Won the Oscar for finally darkest hour playing Winston Churchill. My favorite role for Gary Oldman was in Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. What are you, Bill? Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, a John LeCare adaptation spy movie, MI6, British intelligence, plays the character Smiley. Great actor. I love that movie. Then uh, he was in the Batman, the Dark Knight. He was in the Darkest Hour. Then Dark Knight. Before that, Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I didn't really like Dracula movies anyway, but I think he was good. If you like Dracula, go see it or rent it. uh, Play it on your Google Glasses as you're driving down the freeway. I guess he was in uh, the Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. And that was great, he played kind of a freaky character. One that stands out, though, is with Denzel Washington, Eli, where the world, I think, has ended, and Denzel's heading to the West Coast, but he comes across uh, Gary Oldman, who's trying to do a number on him, you'll have to see that. Somebody has The Last Bible, that's a pretty freaky show. He was Sid and Nancy, I never cared for Sid Vicious, and. The Sex Pistols, but that was decent. Uh, These are all great. I mean, Gary Oldman plays these characters like he is them. Uh, I don't think he's really acting. I think they ask him to show up for a couple hours, and he assumes the role. But one of the greatest actors of all time, very underrated, very understated. There's a lot of things he's been in that uh, you don't really realize he's Gary Oldman. Anyway, that's what I think of Gary Oldman, one of the greats. Check out Mank on Netflix. It's a story of Herman Mankiewicz, who was a scriptwriter, screenwriter. He wrote the script to Citizen Kane for Orson Welles. He and Orson Welles get sideways. Orson Welles comes up to the desert where he's paid for Mankiewicz to hang out and dry out because he's an alcoholic and he drinks 9,000 bottles of booze. So Orson Welles is not seeing progress. And so they're about out of money to put this thing together. And Orson Welles comes up and throws a fit. And Mankiewicz, he writes it down and thinks that's a good idea as Orson Welles throws a fit. Get on Mank, you'll like it. Netflix, Gary Oldman. Far there when the structures fail you, when the rules aren't weapons anymore.
1: letting the bad guy get in here one day you may face such a moment of crisis and in that moment I hope you have a friend like I did
2: to plunge their hands into the filth so that you can keep yours clean
0: An American in Paris, 1951, directed by Vincent Manelli, based on the music by George Gershwin. Stars Gene Kelly, Leslie Caron, Nina Foch, Oscar Levant as the wise cracking piano player. Fantastic musical motion picture. The last scene takes about 17 minutes, uninterrupted, and supposedly was taken over 40 different sets were in use. The color in this thing is phenomenal to begin with. But further, of course, it's Gershwin's songs that make the whole musical. And Gene Kelly does dance adaptations to all of them. One includes Leslie Caron in a scene with a chair, which uh, you got to just check this out because... It's worth the price of admission. And so a great movie. You got to love it. Uh, Kelly plays an ex-World War II guy who's over in uh, Paris trying to make it as a painter. And Levant is trying to make it as a musical composer. And so they go through some events. It's a phenomenal movie. Four stars, four out of four. Get on it. An American in Paris. You're going to love it. Casablanca, 1942, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Paul Heinrich, Peter Lorre, Sidney Greenstreet, Claude Rains, wonderful motion picture, possibly the greatest motion picture of all time, 1942, Michael Curtiz was the director, was made obviously in the middle of World War II, it was about the free French resistance. Heinrich trying to get back to some people who can make it happen in France, and Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. They had a thing in Paris, a sad scene at the train station. But I'll hitch up with two things of note uh, that kind of annoyed me. And I, I try not to critique this movie because it's phenomenal. I don't have any problems with it. And if people have not seen this movie, they cannot be trusted during a discussion of great movies. I don't understand why Sidney Greenstreet was even in the movie. That must have been some kind of courtesy casting. He's walking around wearing a fez and a giant white suit and selling some beads or something. I know he came up with something secret for Bogart, but still. Also, Peter Lorre killed too soon. I don't understand that. He would have been a great guy to have for the full duration. And uh, that's what I think of those two characters in the movie. Bogart being Bogart. This is the ultimate role that he's known for. And I love this movie. I watch it maybe once a month and you should too.
2: You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh, the fundamental things apply as time goes by.
0: of Glory, 1957, directed by Stanley Kubrick and starring Kirk Douglas, Adolph Menjou, George McCready, Ralph Meeker, Richard Anderson, the guy who was the boss in The Six Million Dollar Man of Lee Majors, World War One Colonel Dax, played by Kirk Douglas, takes his men over the top from the trenches and engages the German enemy. Later, some of his men are charged with cowardice, so he defends them in a military court. Exciting movie, very well done. This was the start of Kubrick's greatness as a director. I highly recommend it. Black and white movie, you're going to love it. I think it's available on AM, FM radio or at a local theater or drive-in near you. Catch Paths of Glory. You'll love it. Sir, would you like me to suggest what you can do with that promotion?
2: Colonel Dex, you will apologize at once or I shall be placed under arrest. I
0: apologize for not being entirely honest with you. I apologize for not revealing my true feelings. I apologize, sir, for not telling you sooner that you're a genuine
2: sadistic old man. And you can go to hell before I apologize to you now or ever again.
0: I see we have a call from Paris. You're on the air. Go. Je suis Yves Saint-Jacques. Je te plumerai. Why do you not have movies of current interest? Well, here you go, Eves. Although I don't understand why you're not called Ives. Y-V-E-S, I would call you Ives. But for this show, let's go with Eves. Eves, I'll tell you why I can't do current cinema. The European Union has put restrictions on all Americans while on the continent of Europe to do reviews of current cinema. Issue a standing kill order on Jason Bourne effective immediately. Okay, so here's one that just ekes in in your timeline. 2002 to 2016, five movies, The Bourne Identity starring Matt Damon. He's a weaponized secret agent for the CIA or the secret intel who knows of the United States and he's over in Europe and he's he's lost his memory and he's a killing machine and he goes on these missions so then he finds himself on a freighter out in the ocean actually a fishing boat but then they bring him back to land and he tries to escape to find out who he is. So this whole series of movies, someone's after him, mostly the CIA. So he goes every which way in these five movies, but the bad guys are people, I won't even say their names, I'll tell you who they are. One of them is uh, the guy in American Beauty. Another one is the guy who was the school president and We Are Marshall, who also played Edward R. Murrow, good night and good luck. Uh, the lady who was Patricia Nixon, she played Nixon's wife in a movie. She was also in another movie running for Senate, and Gary Oldman was one of the inquisitors, uh, giving her the grilling. Very good series of movies, high action, 2002 to 2016, so I'm, I'm in your 2015 timeline. Go see the Born Identities everywhere. You can probably get them on Betamax. The guy who played the sheriff in No Country for Old Men is also in one of the Born Identity series of movies. One of the Born Identity movies, the original, has a scene filmed at the Gare du Nord train station in Paris, France.
2: This is Jason Bourne. You are nine hours behind the toughest target you have ever tracked. Now, I want everyone to sit down, strap in, and turn on all you've got.
0: That would mean now. Thank you. This concludes another joyful vignette of Mackenzie at the movies. Join us next time as Robert Mackenzie reviews various movies of greatness. It was a good movie. Bum bum have another caller. It's Chris from California. Chris, you're on the air with the Robert McKenzie show.
2: Go. Bonjour, Robert. I hope Paris is treating you well. This is Chris in California again. Um, They're only allowing me one phone call because I've landed in a sticky situation here back home. Not unlike what Major League pitchers are facing with their foreign substance situation with the sticky. Stuff, but that's something we'll talk about. Um, if you do ever want to get that dinner at the 21 Club, um, I do have a suggestion. If you could send lawyers, guns, and money, um, that would help immensely. Thank you. I you. I know. I'm kind of – oh, God. Oh, God. Please help. I'm hiding in Honduras. I'm a desperate man and lawyers, guns and money The shit has hit the fan
0: Honduras, huh? Shouldn't be much of a problem. Chris, get down to Roten Beach wearing your Yankees hat. A beautiful woman with sunglasses and a bikini with a straw hat will walk up to you and say, the long sobs of autumn violins, and you will respond with, wound my heart with a monotonous languor. That means you've connected. She'll get you on a plane. You'll be back here tomorrow, and we'll have lunch in Paris. I really hope he can find his way down to the beach. We have a caller from Saginaw, Michigan. Go. Hello,
2: Robert. This is
0: Hilda from Saginaw, Michigan. I have a quick question. Uh can you tell me I, how I can get my cat off the top of the Christmas tree? The garbage men are coming, and I have to get the tree out. And if I don't, I got to take it myself. And I can't get the cat down. Please, give me something quick so I can get this cat off the top of my Christmas tree.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Hilda, try this. <laughs> Now for the postcards from hell segment of our program. Homero Blancas from Buenos Aires sends in a card with a beautiful photograph of the Plaza de Mayo. His question is, have you ever had Argentinian steak? No. Letitia Baldridge of London, England in Battersea the place where they had the giant electric power station in the album, Pink Floyd's Animals, writes, with a picture of the Battersea power station on the front of her postcard, have you ever eaten at Longin's? Yes, I've eaten at Longin's, but only the Brasserie, not the restaurant. I think Michael Caine may still own it. I once had swordfish, spinach, and some roasted potatoes, and some chocolate pudding. I was served some Chilean wine. Very good. Five-star restaurant. Leonard Kovacs of Yonkers, New York, has sent me a postcard with Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris from the 1961 baseball season. Leonard asks, Have you ever been to the top of the Empire State Building? Well, yes, Leonard, I have been to the top of the Empire State Building. Tremendous view, east, north, south, and west, anywhere you look. There's two levels. I've been to both the top and the one just below it. The famous Empire State Building. I've also been to Windows on the World a few times at the... World Trade Center. Bruce Springsteen has sent in a postcard with on the front of it, greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Bruce asks, does this bus stop at 82nd Street? My response to you, Bruce, is they'll meet neath that giant Exxon sign that brings this fair city light. That's about all I can tell you, Bruce. Be sure to send in your cards and letters to the Robert McKenzie Show, 4968 Tulip Drive, Waterloo, Iowa, 10781-4358. I missed my chance. You think too much of me, kid. Your time for revenge is at hand. We have another caller from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes, I would like to know how it is that milk is delivered to the eastern provinces of
2: Canada. (coughs)
0: Hang up on that fool right now.
2: It is March 1956, and Monk is recording with Oscar Pettiford on bass and Art Blakey on drums. Here is Honeysuckle Rose.
0: This is Beat on the Robert McKenzie Show. I see we have a caller from New Jersey and our sister station, WNJX AM and FM from Bayonne, New Jersey. You're on the
2: air.
1: Hey, Robert, New Jersey Dev here from Steelers Round Podcast. I'm sorry about that. I know, no free ads on the Robert McKenzie Show. Won't happen again. But uh, we're calling in here from the armpit of America, New Jersey. And I have a question for you, Robert. After last night's debacle against the Browns, where do we go from here? Do we re-sign Ben? Do we give him the Troy Palomalu? Chuck Knoll, Mike Webster treatment, where we just kind of shuffle them along out the door. You know, what, what do we do from here? Uh, once again, thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to hearing, hearing your answers and thoughts.
0: You've got to ask yourself, what can they do? They've got Ben locked up, I think, for another year at $35 million per year. And I don't think he would like to leave out of that and get shortchanged. But further, who you're gonna get? They're not gonna be able to draft high enough to get one of these quarterbacks out of college that are tremendously talented. First things first though, I think it starts uh, with the center position, not hiking the ball over the quarterback's head for a touchdown by the defensive team to open the game. I think the Steelers can still be good. I think the time is running out though, On the Ben Roethlisberger era, obviously. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens next year. It's always next year. But the Steelers in my lifetime have won six Super Bowls. I can live with that. Hopefully we'll get another one. And here we go, Steelers. Here we go. July twelfth, nineteen 1998. I was in France for a few days and that night is when France beat Brazil to win the World Cup in soccer. There were fans in the cafes and the bistros, just like you'd imagine on TV, but they a lot of them had on Zidane number 10 jerseys. And of course it was dark at that time. I didn't I didn't go to the game, but it was a uh Quite a spectacle when they won. Everybody's taken to the streets. Wasn't any real rioting or anything like that. It just looked like like packs of people carrying the French flag. I thought it was pretty cool. And overall, the crowd was pretty uh, subdued relative to what uh, they would do at the uh, Staples Center in Los Angeles by burning a bunch of cars. Great moment in French sports. That's all for today on Sports Beat on the Robert McKenzie show. Join us again soon for Sports Beat. That's right. That's right. Keep on. Welcome to the book corner on the Robert McKenzie Show. A feature that looks at the impact of literature on Western civilization, Eastern civilization, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of the planets and mankind's thoughts about the universe.
1: ring, ring, golden ring around the sun, around your pretty finger.
0: Anybody can be a singer. You made me love you, I didn't want to do it, I didn't want to do it. I, I can't stand watching them, it's absolutely terrible. There, there, there's no way I'm gonna do that any longer. I don't care what anybody says. Oh wait, we are back with Book Corner on the Robert McKenzie Show. Pamela from Passaic, New Jersey, you're on the air, go. Hello, Robert. My name is Pamela from Passaic, New Jersey. And I just loved your book, The Chair. And I have a question for you. My question is, what what great novelists inspire you? Which ones are your
2: favorite? And which books are the, you know, like top two or three novelists that you love so much, would you say is your favorite book of those famous novelists that you love so much? So if you could just talk to us about that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: I would say The Sun Also Rises is my favorite book for a variety of reasons. First, I read it in college at UCLA last minute, then I wrote a book report on it. But the night before I had sat at the Drake Stadium, the track stadium, and watched the sun rise. I thought I was cool. I thought I was gonna fail the course, but I came up with a book report that I think got me through it, and got me a grade of B in an English literature class. Hemingway writes in simple declarative sentences. That's how I would describe him. He's a storyteller. He doesn't put a lot of freaky mind stuff in on you, and maybe that's the reason it does freak with your mind. Outstanding writer. The sun also rises, I think, is his first novel. And in the movie later on, there are many movie adaptations. I just want to get this in here. They have Ava Gardner, Errol Flynn, Tyrone Power. This was 1957. Mel Ferrer, who I never really liked Mel Ferrer in any movies. Eddie Albert, the guy from Green Acres, and also the warden in the original The Longest Yard who Burt Reynolds jams a football in his gut at the end and says, here's your trophy. And then also they have Robert Evans, the Robert Evans. You'll find him on Twitter still, although he died a few years ago. He's the guy who produced Chinatown, which may be my favorite movie, and I will review at some point in the future. The sun also rises. Get on it. One book that may have encouraged me to one day write a book, although it took me many years later to do so, is Jailbird by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. It's the tale of the post-Nixon era when some of these guys went to minimum security prisons and there was also a new company that's formed and the impact of technology. There's a lot of different threads in it all I'll tell you is it was outstanding i read it traveling the west coast once on western airlines up and down the coast and i enjoyed it outstanding writer curious as to how after all he went through personally he was in the bombing of dresden in germany and he later he also wrote slaughterhouse 5 later but he was in an actual freezer or refrigerated unit in Dresden and walked out like the next day and the bombing, the whole city had been destroyed. So Kurt Vonnegut Jr., I like him and he's a great writer. Check him out. Jailbird. <laughs> As inspirations for writing The Chair, let me give you one. James Michener's Hawaii. I read it on a plane crossing the country. Hawaii, outstanding book. You talk about detail. He explains how the magma and the rocks and how the islands were created. And he's probably, the greatest historical fiction writer, although uh, I think a lot of it is obviously true or he couldn't build on something like that. So he's done a lot of different things. He's done Texas, which I own a giant hardback cover book of, and also Centennial. He's written a few things. I do mention him in The Chair, and he's from Pennsylvania. So am I. So I always thought, boy, if I could write something, which I can't and I have not, and be James Michener just for a few hours every day, putting the pencil to the paper and typing up some ideas in a historical fiction book, which I call The Chair, The History of the United States, I would then one day consider myself to be a writer. This concludes this episode's Book Corner. Tune in again soon for more Book Corner. Well, I hope you're relieved that not everything I say is reality or possibly even the truth, although I try my best. Made it. Charles A. Lindbergh, Lucky Lindy as they call him, landed at Le Bourget
2: Airport, Paris at 524 this afternoon.
0: This concludes another episode of The Robert McKenzie Show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And that I'll see you again somewhere, somehow, someway along the route of the proud bird with the golden tail. I was in the olive oil business with his father, The Robert McKenzie Show is a Quinn Martin production. The exhibits that were shown are exclusively my own. All my own, all my own.
2: Terror,
1: horror, death, film at 11. You'll get your chance, smart guy. She was a cross-section of the American public.
0: <laughs> God help me, I do love so. Let's include an ending.